The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of the Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. No, definitely. <laughs> no, no, no. The zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have a joke, Dave. Dave, Dave smells like nougat. Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrose. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour Podcast. As always, we are sponsored by the Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court, Baton Rouge. You can go there. You can watch Leonard Fournette destroy college football. Uh, or you can go and watch Saints and drink and drink and drink and make it all better and eat off their fabulous menu and have one of the 136 draft beers. Either way, it's a win for you. Just so, don't go – just don't – Go there and look at the Falcons remaining. <laughs> oh my God, they're going sixteen and zero. We'll get to that. The wait, Pel- wait. Con- consider- considering we started zero and three, can we really call this the happy hour podcast? I mean, we can. We, we, I'm we, not we, feeling very happy. Well, you no. know, you got to drink more. That's what your problem is. You don't drink during the games, Abe. But if you went to the Pelican House, I'm sure you would. The Pelican House, twenty five seventy two City Place Court, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. You should support them because they support us. All right. Um, the Saints are three and zero. Or zero and three. I got. I wish. I wish they were. I wish they were. I wish they were three. It's wishful. Wishful thinking. Um, they're zero and three. And the more I thought about it after turning in my column the WWL last night and thinking about it today, Andrew, the thing they had. I had two thoughts in my head. The first thought is, I was really depressed because I think yesterday is about as good as the Saints are capable of playing on the road, and it still wasn't good enough. Yeah, I mean, I we talked about this. You, Ralph, you called me yesterday after the game. and yeah, the commiseration you know, call. We were both kind of scratching our head, and, and the parting you thought You guys are adorable. Me, Here we are. The parting thought for me was just, <laughs> if your quarterback... Well, first of all, I just want to say, I don't think Drew Brees playing would have made a difference. I, I just... I agree with that. I, I, I totally don't agree. see how he possibly could have played any better than Luke McCown, and you know, when when your quarterback goes 31 of 38 on the road and that's not enough to win a football game, I just I, – I don't know what else this team can do. You know, when their quarterback plays like that, I just – I don't know what else there is to say. I mean, I, how, how does this team win a game if, if they can't do it with that? And, and even and, – and on McCowan, I mean, even, even the, that interception – it was a pretty nicely thrown pass and a nicely thrown ball. That that defender made a pretty made a great incredible play. an yep. incredible play to make that interception. Yeah, my only gripe there is if you go back and watch the tape, I mean Colston was so open, so oh. wide open. 
but you can't really blame him for not throwing Colson the ball after how that drive went. No, they had three right, three drops on that drive, right? Yeah, I mean, Colston just couldn't catch the flu. I mean, he couldn't catch a cold. I'm I'm wondering if if that's I mean that's just got to be all mental and I just feel like it snowballs upon itself. It's like you know if you start start dropping balls and then you start thinking about it a lot and then it just makes the problem worse and you just keep dropping balls and it's hard to break that funk and I feel like that's what's happening with with Colston. Yeah, it's it's kind of unbelievable. Like I I, I almost it's been pl- it's like been it's, plaguing him for two years now. I know. And it, it just, it's only gotten worse. And, that, and I just feel like I don't know if it's necessarily a, a talent thing or an age thing. I, I, I wonder if it's just a totally a mental thing. Is you Ralph here? Me. You got me, man. Did, Did we, we lose, lose Ralph? <laughs> Did we lose Ralph? <laughs> How do we lose the host? What happens when the host drops out? I don't think that, that's ever happened before. I don't know. That means this isn't recording, I would assume, huh? <laughs> Wait, did I just uh, hear R- Ralph? Do we wait or do we just hang can up? You hear, can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. All right, there you go. I was muted, that's why. <laughs> so was that whole thing recorded? It's recorded. It's oh, just that's beautiful. <laughs> it's muted. It's, 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 it's recorded. All right, well, don't delete any of that. Uh, oh, uh, of, 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 of you guys thinking I'm gone? Yes. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I was wondering. Here's... The, well, you heard my you heard my questions, right? So you you did respond. Um, I pulled I pulled a held. I muted myself. Um, <laughs> um, um, but here's the, here's the thing that I think people are gonna they're gonna hear me say this and they're gonna they're gonna go nuts and they're gonna take it totally out of context. But Luke McCown can't play any better than he played yesterday. And I think by the maximum best Luke McCown can play was actually in a weird way, an advantage over having Breeze, because McCown made a couple plays with his legs that Drew Breeze wouldn't have been able to make. I think it, was, it wasn't sacks. so much that it, it, as much as it was a, and I want to talk further about the, I, I'll finish this statement and I'll kind of set you up, Ralph, to talk about Sean Payton's play calling, because yeah. I definitely want to dive into that. But oh, um, for me, I think going over the last week's tape and realizing that not only was he starting McCown, but he was going in there without Jari Evans. So a banged up offensive line, an offensive line that really didn't perform well or protect Drew Brees in the previous game. In fact, the whole reason McCown was playing was because the line got Brees hurt. Um, So I think he went into this game realizing I can't count on my offensive line and I don't know if I can count on my quarterback to really make plays in this game and give us a chance. So we're going short throws. We're getting the ball out of his hand immediately so he's not taking hits. And we're going to count on our receivers to make these. We're going to nickel and dime him to death. And, you know, we know we can't run on this front that well, so we're just going to go short routes. Uh, We're going to rely on the hands of our receivers and the fact that they are going to run decent routes, and we're just going to keep doing that the whole game. And it was working. They were moving the football. Well, and here's the here's the thing though, and I I said it in my column, and I said it in the post game yesterday when I was drunk, because um, I drank a lot yesterday, because I had the Astros and I had the Astros, no. I had the Astros and the Saints going dual same time. I was a lot. Um, but here's the thing I said: like they played fantastic to start the game, and they only led ten nothing. 
But but Dave, here's the thing I loved about the play calling, and it gives me a lot wait, of wait, 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 hold on. Only ten nothing. I mean, with this offense and this defense, how does it get any better than that? But that's what I'm saying. That's as good as it can be. Like, if yeah, it was yeah. a 2011 Saints, it would have been 21-3. to three. You know, like a good yeah. team, when they play good, they get a 2-14-point lead, 17-point lead. When you're a bad team and you play great, you lead 10 nothing. That's that's the point. Um, but, Dave, the thing that I liked yesterday and gives me hope for the future is Sean Payton, like Andrew just said, he looked at his, his team and he said, okay, they, we're not going to run in this front. My line's banged up. I got my backup quarterback. My receivers suck. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get the ball out quick. I'm going to not do what I've done the previous nine years of being super aggressive and push the ball downfield and try to score a boatload of points and hit hit seam plays and, and do all that. I'm going to go completely different. And I like that because I, still, I, I can name you a bunch of coaches like Mike Martz in St. Louis, even when his line – completely fell apart, he's still running seven-step drops and Boulder's getting killed and Warner's getting killed. So I like the fact that Sean Payton was like, I got to do something different, and he was willing to do it. And that gives me hope for the future that if the personnel changes and they become a defensive-heavy team or whatever, Sean Payton will look at it and adjust to it if he wants to stick around. But the question is, is, does he want to stick around? Well, no. I mean, that's a different subject. But, I mean, the, what did you think of the game plan? Were you um, – I, I was okay. I didn't really – I didn't really feel like Peyton's play calling uh, – it, it wasn't a detriment to the team, I don't think. I mean, just the fact that they lack um, a certain amount of playmakers to, to make this stuff happen. Um, yeah. I mean that that's that's. that's but see, I I don't do I don't I, I think that the, a lot of fans are like you. They say, well, it wasn't a detriment, and, they, and a lot a big chunk of them are like, well, they're not aggressive anymore. Sean Payton has lost his nerve. I think the game plan was exactly what they had to do. Like, they got it to where it was a toss-up game. Like this, right. this yeah. is what the this is your 2015 Saints, and if you don't like this dink and dunk and and run the clock and it's not really super aggressive like if if this drives you crazy you're gonna have a long 13 weeks but I, I just don't know whether that, that that that's sean payton whether that's his own personal desire and 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 he's putting that into effect himself or whether he feels like he's got an aging quarterback who's lost a lot of velocity and uh and so we kind of need to adjust with him you know the, i think the question is is whether Wait, he, are you talking he, about breeze or mccown now <laughs> both yeah <laughs> i mean i mean technically both you could say breeze breeze is an, an elite quarterback who's now aging and mccown is just a mediocre quarter, quarterback so you know both of them aren't amazing guys so we need to uh you know whether they like to, whether Peyton is doing this as an adjustment and working with what he's got, or whether he's saying "fuck it, this is what we need to do. We need to change it up. Let's just do it." I, I don't. Well, I, I, don't I, I don't think it was a velocity thing. I mean, I, I think Luke McCown has a big time arm, certainly he, a bigger he arm does. than Breeze. He, um, I, I really harder, think it was more just a. Uh, it was a matchup thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just don't feel like con- like Sean Payton was confident in his running game with this matchup. I don't think he was confident in his offensive line buying a lot of time. And I think he, there was a quarterback that, you know, he, he wanted to manage. And I think he wanted to limit the risk of turnovers. I, I think he was very aware that, look, if I, if I kind of 
go carte blanche with Luke McCown and say, hey, listen, you sling the ball around and, and let's just, you know, keep the same game plan we've always used with Drew in there. And, you know, we're just going to plug and play and we're going to run the same system and it's just going to be doing it. Uh, that's where he would have gotten hit, injured, turned the ball over. I, I think when you look at the NFL and you look at this past week and you saw these teams just get absolutely dump trucked by 40 and 50 points, I think if the Saints had adopted the traditional game plan that Sean Payton was running in 2009, I, 2011, that's what would have happened to the Saints on Sunday. Andrew, I thought Sean Payton wanted his – not that he would admit it or I don't know how a coach would describe it as he's thinking of calling plays, but I think one of the things he went into the game, he said, I do not want Luke McCown having more than third and seven. Yeah, And absolutely. I think that they went into the and, – and, Boy, they did it. They had a lot of third and fives and third and six, and they weren't on schedule a lot. But, man, they – But they converted. They converted a couple long third downs, actually. But they stayed – They, but for the most part, though, they stayed the hell out of third down, third down and long. And it was a conscious – I think it was a very, very conscious decision, you know. Yeah, and give McCown credit. I mean, I, he understood the game plan, and he executed it. And I think the big difference between – a veteran quarterback that's been around this specific system for three or four years has studied behind Breeze, is that you saw his command of the – this is a very complicated offense, and he managed the substitutions, he managed the huddle, he got – the tempo was fast. That's not something that a rookie can just come in and do. No, and Dave, I want to say this. It's it's a small consolation. Sean Payton probably doesn't care about it at all, but – People been give we and, and we us included sometimes we've been giving him a lot of grief about why they keep him account why don't they keep Griffin why they keep him account around I mean it's clearly obvious why they had McCown and they you know and why right. he was the, he's been the backup quarterback I mean you got to give it up you got to give it up to him for that right no, absolutely and no, uh, but I, going back to your point Ralph I, I, the important thing here is that I really like how you. When you think about the future, if the future involves Sean Payton, and we don't know that no. it does, we don't know that it does. But if it does, I think he showed that he's not just some offensive coordinator that's just going to say, "These are my plays, Run they em. work," and if they don't work, then it's on the players. I think no. there was a real recognition of the matchup, a real recognition of the, the personnel that he had to play with. And he put together, in my opinion, something that gave the team by far the best chance to win, and they almost pulled it off. And so when you talk about the future and if it involves Sean Payton, you know, if Garrett Grayson's the quarterback or whoever it's going to be, you know, he may not have a Hall of Fame Drew Brees. I mean, the the odds of him having another quarterback of that caliber, I'd I'd put it less than 1%. So based on that, I I think – I felt optimistic that he can still have success with someone. But else. the thing, the thing that gave me optimism about the future is, and I know people, you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop this name, and both of your jaws are gonna drop and and go crazy. <laughs> but it reminded me a lot of Andy Reid, and Andy Reid got draft picks for Kevin Kolb. He turned AJ. He got Stop. draft picks for AJ Feely. He turned Michael Vick into a good quarterback after. He got the, he got out of jail from Atlanta. He's turned Alex Smith into a good quarterback, and I know Andy Reid hadn't won, and he's a horrible clock manager, and he hadn't won a Super Bowl and all that. But 
Sean Payton hopefully has a little bit of that where he can coach a quarterback up and maybe he's done it with Breeze where Breeze would be really good wherever he goes but Sean Payton made him great but maybe Sean Payton is the kind of guy where he can take a Joe Flacco and sort of bump him up a couple levels you know and I think I think as you look at the up and downs of the Sean Payton era and there's certainly been a lot of ups but I I think Payton is pretty hands-off with the defense yeah we'll get to to that they really need a stud well, defensive we'll get, coordinator to and game plan to kind of we'll get, help help this we'll, team have success. We'll get to that. Uh, last thing on the offense, two more things actually. Dave, these receivers <laughs> suck. Can we just admit it? They 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 suck. Can we admit that? Yeah. Yeah. What the hell? I mean, I mean, I look at him. I see Colston. He's old. I see. Coleman, who it's not even that he's old, he can't catch. Well, he's old and he can't catch. Coleman is disappears for long stretches. Um, Sneed is fun, but he's inconsistent. And Brandon Cooks is a guy they paid too much to get, and that equals not very good as a receiving core. Uh, this is true. I just don't think Cooks is a number one receiver. I, I think he is a explosive and deadly number two. Uh, but I'm not convinced that he, he's a dynamic number one receiver. I mean, it's just tough, you know, just like on that last play on, on the interception, it's like you're going to him in the back of the end zone. And I mean, he's just so tiny, <laughs> you know, if he was, I thought it was a touchdown when it left his hand, I peeked over and I was like, it's a touchdown. Like, yeah. I, I, it was, it was a, I mean, it was a great throw. And like I said before the guy the the Panthers defender he made a great incredible play he was falling backwards and his arms were totally outstretched and he barely got it with his fingertips uh, and otherwise it would have definitely have been in Brandon Cooks's uh breadbasket but if, still if, I mean if Cooks Devin, is just not a physical guy he's not a if, guy that's going to go and fight for that ball if you Devin know, Bro I, had you made, you got to be a little disappointed that Cooks. I didn't really see much of an effort on that catch from Cooks. Well, if Devin Bro would have made that play that the Carolina guy made, me and Andrew would have carved out time today to write a song in tribute to how awesome <laughs> that play was. Yes, like that that play was phenomenal. Yeah, um, he stayed up in the air for a while. Andrew, yeah, it was incredible. This this offensive line for the Saints, it's kind of terrible. Um, can it be improved if they kick Lolito to the curb or bench him and when Evans gets back, slide in Calimete and his wonderful snacks that his wife makes for him on the plane? Yeah, I mean, I, I've been calling <laughs> this for this for a while, Ralph. You have I, mean, been. I saw I saw the guy in training camp a year ago and I saw him again this year and I've always thought, he was better than Lolito. I mean, not every time I've seen them practice, that, that's what been my takeaway. What makes him better? What makes him better for people that well, like I, me that I don't think, watch the I think, the first of all, I think just from a sheer power and a sheer – when you see them do the one-on-ones and, and when you're at training camp, you see this a lot where they'll call out a defensive player and an offensive player, and they'll just have them go one-on-one. And, and you know, that was something that Unger really excelled at. Uh, Unger and Armstead were really good at this uh, this past summer, this past training camp. Mm-hmm. But – um. I just feel like Lolito a lot of times got owned. And Calamete, on the other hand, more times than not was winning those matchups. And so I think when you look at that, 
that, that that's kind of your first realization of, yeah, this guy's pretty good. Um, and then, you know, I mean, just, just talking a lot with Jonathan Goodwin, um, you know, just kind of getting his sense for both players and, uh, you know, just kind of telling him what I saw and then him confirming to me, yeah, a lot of what you're saying is right and that he agreed. And so, um, you know, and obviously he's friends with both guys and he's friends with Lolito, so obviously he wants them to succeed. But I think um, the thing that was really holding Calamete back early on was that he struggled with snapping, and I think they really wanted to try, because they liked Lolito at guard, they really wanted to try to get Calamete to be a center, and they tried it a little bit last training camp, and he was pretty much exclusively at center as the backup center this mm-hmm. training camp because they needed a guy to step in for Unger if something were to happen, and so they needed a backup plan, and so that's why they really wanted to get him primed and ready. They're like, look, you're a backup interior guard mm-hmm. and center, and if, if something goes down, Lolito can't be center this year because he's a guard. He's going to be our left guard. So we need you to be ready at backup center just in case, too. Um, but I think right now it's clear to me that more than ever after this game, finally he gets in there, finally he plays. Um, you know, that lead block that he threw on the touchdown to Mark Ingram, he, he, he wasn't getting the penalties like Lolito was. I mean, the killer holding penalty. Yeah. Um, you know, the, and, the run the run to Kyrie Robinson, the sweep, where he totally whiffs on his block and it turns third down into fourth down because he missed his block. And Calamete w- wasn't having plays like that, and we're seeing plays like that every week from Olito. Well, I mean, the good thing about the Saints is they do play, eventually they do play the best guys. Dave, um, in August, uh, they, you know, people make fun of me because I do the Saints doom, but of the things that I was the doomiest of... That's, one of, that's only one of the many reasons people make fun of you. I know, but m- mostly people that write at me for my column but the, the, I was the most doomy on the defensive line and I fought with certain media people a lot a couple of them actually about how terrible they were and Dave I think the defensive line it even is worse than I thought it would be because <laughs> and, and I think it's way worse than the Saints thought and I'm going to tell you why I think the Saints thought Bunkley was going to play and he got injured wave and Hicks is a garbage truck and right. I don't think the Saints saw either of those things coming down the well, pike don't forget in Gillette. July. But I'm I talking mean, about it, uh, and Gillette. let's be honest here. How much does this defense defense miss Junior Gallette on the field? A lot. Well, a I, lot. I think they were. I think they were always planning on getting rid of Junior Gallette. Mm, I don't know. I think until from the end of last season. I think until he went beach belt. I think they were going to try to keep him. But I mean that's I mean that's that's done and he could have and he could have blown out his Achilles with the Saints too, I mean so you don't yeah. you, you never wow. know, I mean but but Dave I mean this this defensive line especially defensive tackle I think it's a lot worse than the Saints thought it would be in July. Well I mean you're right it's pretty bad and I will confirm that you've been on the the, the defensive line doom train for <laughs> for a long time. Uh, the most surprising to me really is Akeem Hicks because I. Like, look, this is—he's in a contract year this year, isn't he? He uh, is. You know, so it, it, this is—if if he's going to play good in any year, this is the year he needs to be playing playing well, uh, so he can get to that second contract and get that big payday. So, I mean, I—I I, I feel like if if a guy like Akeem Hicks is not having his best season ever uh, during a season when it counts the most, um, there's something wrong with that. I, I don't think he'll ever. 
he's never. He's never. He's, 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 it's not. It's like. It's like. It's like John and John Jenkins. It's the ship sailed. And Andrew, here's the yeah. thing. Here's the thing. I don't understand. I think we about, may have seen the best from Hicks. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't understand with Hicks. And you watch films, so you know better. But it seemed to me, Andrew, his first two years, even when he wasn't necessarily making a great play and a stop in the backfield, his physical attributes and his physical ability, he would pop out on the screen. You'd be like, oh, there's Hicks. He's busting through. We're doing something. Yeah. And he wasn't invisible. He might not make plays. He might not be great. But he, but he, he was one of those people that, like, jumped off the screen. And the last two years, like – if you'd have told me he was inactive, I'd have been like, okay, like, what the hell has happened? He, he's gone. He's hardcore Cedric Ellison. Oh my god! Even Jesus even sooner Christ. than than Cedric Ellis, Cedric Ellis. And uh, I mean that that's that's the bottom line. I think when you look at him, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, you you look at guys like Kikaha, you look at guys like Bobby Richardson. And I, I do like their hustle. I mean, I do like that you see – and Etabali has this too to an extent. I, I like it when you look on film and they're playing to the whistle and, you know, even if they're getting manhandled on a block, you know, they, they, they keep hustling and sometimes – God, if you keep, gave Etabali – if you made Etabali a half a step faster, I think he'd be Junior Gallet. Yeah, I agree. And he's better against the run. Yeah. Um, but, no, I, I, I saw – for me, it, it's one of those things where those guys hustle, but – I haven't seen from any of those guys I just mentioned the raw physical talent that Akeem Hicks has. And we've seen it at times where he just absolutely mauls and manhandles the guy in front of him. And, uh, you know, to be honest with you, I don't know that I ever saw Ellis as good as Akeem Hicks was That's Dude, in that 2013 and the thing is, season. Man, Akeem Hicks, if he was just – if he was just – 80% of what he was in 2013, Andrew, he's looking at five years, 30 million, 12 million guaranteed. Oh, yeah. Like, people go nuts for average defensive tackles. Um, yeah, they, he's lost it. He's he, completely lost it. Uh, another bad thing for the Saints, Dave. Uh, Brandon Browner is the older, slower version of Jason David, <laughs> with more flags sprinkled in. I think you know when I, when I watch Browner play, he 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 he, he kind of reminds me of Darren Sharper. He kind of come, he likes to fly in and just throw his body around. Um, I, I kind of feel like he's more suited to be a safety at this point. Um, just his his style of play right now, the way he, the way I've seen him play the last last uh, on Sunday. Yeah. Um, he just kind of he just kind of looks more like a safety, um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he, he, I mean, should we really have expected the Saints to uh, to sign a, an amazing cornerback? I don't uh, want him to be amazing. I just don't want him to be terrible. Can he well, be? I, can he know, be Randall Gay quality? Well, <laughs> I, I think on on some level, you know, we talk about Rob Ryan and. For me, you know, last week I, I didn't feel like a lot of this calling for his head was justified. Uh, you know, I didn't really feel like against Tampa. Uh, I really felt like it was on the offense and the offensive line in particular, and I didn't really feel like you could um, blame Rob Ryan for that result. But this but week is di- this, this week, week is Andrew? different. Fact, yeah, this week this facts week is are different. Changing? Yep, and uh, I, I think for me, when you look at this game in particular. 
you know, you've got Cam Newton that he's trying to turn in, or Cam Jordan who he's trying to turn into Junior Gallette, playing out of position. Kikaha who's playing a position that he hasn't played, out of position. You've got Vaccaro that's playing nickel corner, out of position. He he's got all these mix match defensive alignments that don't really fit these guys' skill sets. And I just think a lot of these guys aren't set up to succeed. And you talk about Ted Ginn Gin being the, one of the fastest. Ted Ginn and Tonic. Andrew, you're turning into me with these I know, pronunciations. It's, it's scaring me. You look at Ted Ginn as one of the fastest receivers, if not the fastest receiver in the league. That's a horrible matchup for Browner. Look, I don't know. I don't care if you have to sit him for a week, but situationally, you have to look at the film, you have to look at the matchups and say to yourself, Browner can't stay with a guy like that. So either you put him on you, you put him on the bench and you only bring him in when Devin Funches is in or whatever, but Delvin Bro and, and, and Swan, who are quicker, faster corners, are going to give you a much better chance. And so oh. if Swan needs to start just so that he's lined up against Ginn, then that's what needs to happen. Listen, but Browner should never have been on him. Listen, we we you know, and Kevin's not here, so so he you know he's the king of the the trade the trade down trade down trade down. But uh, so am I. But and I get it. And, and and look, statistics and everything tells you that you trade down. But Dave, the Saints might have not done a lot right, but I think they hit on Swan and they hit on Bro. And I think they're going to be really good, and I want both of them playing and not Browner when when Lewis gets back. Uh, I you know, let's you don't think you should give Browner a little a little more time? No, I'm, I've had about enough. He, he, I I think there's still a role for Browner on this team, but. I just don't think, unless it's a big receiver, you know, if he's lined up against Vincent Jackson or he's lined up against Julio Jones, or I mean, you know, Julio's maybe a bad example because he can run too, but you know, just a big receiver, a six-four, six-five receiver, you know, I, I think Browner can still have decent success against a guy like that that's well, here's, not fast play. I think you ought to move to safety. <laughs> Well, they need to say. Bird might. Sean Payton says said on WWL, Bird might play this week. So, I mean, but here, Andrew, here's the thing. I don't believe it. That's that's a that's a riz. Here's the thing. That's a Bird who? As 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 far as the Saints are. Big Bird. Big Bird. As far as the Saints are from being a good team, Andrew, they're really close to winning these games. So if I said to you, Andrew, you are the Saints' defensive coordinator, is it? Would it be possible to make this defense ten percent better by doing something different? And what I don't would think that so. Be? I don't think so because it's one of those things where you know it's a it's like a boat that's springing leaks everywhere, and the minute you patch uh, one, yeah, patch a couple up, you know, you got new leaks that are coming elsewhere. And I I think if you look at the top to bottom, you know, Jarris Bird maybe changes helps, maybe he helps, but. You've got a free safety in Kenny Phillips that's been out of football for years. You've got you can't stop the run. Your your defensive line is a joke, top to bottom, pretty much. You can't rush the passer. You can't stop the run. Your linebackers, for the most part, can't stop the run either because they're always shooting the wrong gaps and they're just young and they don't really know what they're doing. And uh, I, I thought Stephon Anthony. I mean, I hate to say it, he he has promise and I think he'll be a good player, but he had a awful game he did in my opinion he really did 
Jamal against the Panthers. And so he's you know, going to have your ups and downs. He's yeah, fast. you're going to have your ups and downs with those guys. But I just think at the end of the day, you know, we talked about this, Ralph. We talked about that this is what happens when a team has five, six holes on their roster. And we, we, yeah. we talked about this at the beginning of the year. You told me, you know, I'm worried about receiver. I'm worried about the defensive line. I'm worried about pass rush. I'm worried about and they're all not going to get solved. And, and they haven't so, solved anything. I'm worried about kicker, and so Man. there were all these issues that you mentioned, and and what we're seeing now each week is, yeah, the receivers kind of have an okay game against Tampa, but the offensive line and the kicker are a disaster. And okay, the kicker's playing a little bit better in the third game, but then it's the defensive line that starts rearing their ugly head again. And so, basically, for the Saints to win a game. They need these five or six components of their team to all play at least decent at the same time together, and it's not happening. The planets must align. <laughs> Dave, is Rob Ryan going to be the defensive coordinator on Halloween when I uh, come when for the Giants game? You know what? I think you asked this question when the season started. And, I know. Uh, I'm asking it again. It's a I, I, regular I, feature on the podcast. Yeah, there's a very good chance that he's not. Um, you know... Whether he deserves it or not, I mean, I, I think the offense shares an equal portion of of the blame um, for an 0-3 start for the Saints. I mean, obviously. Well, they haven't cracked 20 points. It, it, it's Yeah, I mean, it's been that all around. And obviously, uh, the offense isn't doing anywhere near what it used to be doing. So, um, uh, Marcus Murphy looked good. But, you know, yeah. Special special teams was a complete 180. Looked great. Yeah. Um, the I guess the the thing that that I look at is with this team, Andrew, is I just like you said, their their defensive line. I mean, if I went through rosters today for the NFL. I couldn't find a defensive line that I'd be like, yeah, they'd, they'd trade the Saints what they have. You know? Even yeah. Jacksonville, they had their number one pick blow out his knee in minicamp. Their defensive line, I was like, they got Odrick, and they, I don't think they swap. I mean, so it's just it's just bad. And, I mean, this well, is... We, again, we, we should have seen we, – we should have seen this coming when – you looked at the opening day 53-man roster, and Caleb Ewells, yeah. Travaris Barnes, Bobby Richardson, you know, they're all making the team. Ashad Mabry made the team for a minute. And, and that's yeah. not a good thing. And that's what I was arguing with Nick Underhill, who I like, and he's, he's, he does a great job breaking down film for that. That's what I was arguing with him. I was like, that is a horrible, horrible sign for the Saints going into the year when you have all these undrafted free agents making your defensive line. It's okay yeah. if one makes the team or two, but when you got three, four, and they got to be in the rotation, that's bad. Yep. <laughs> it's bad. I didn't even Look, mention Tyler Davidson, who, you know, is basically getting starter minutes at this yeah. point. The, the, the only thing about the whole Rob Ryan thing is is the fact that, you know, Sean Payton calls the shots, and he's the boss, and we, we, it's a becoming a regular occurrence now that we see – Peyton yelling at Ryan on the sidelines. Um, I mean, it pretty much happens every game, and I can't help but feel like that the relationship is like completely deteriorated. And I just feel like at some point, if they continue on this path, the Saints 
Um, and they keep losing games, which is very likely. I mean, I just feel like Peyton's going to look for a scapegoat, and I think Rob Ryan's going to be uh, the easy solution. So, uh, I, you know, it really wouldn't surprise me at all. Well, I mean, before we get to, I just think he's got a, he's he's itching. He's just he's like just ready to do it. He's just he's just he's, waiting for the right. I, I am. I think he's just waiting for the right moment. He's he's he may even. I think Peyton may even be quietly hoping for failure on Rob Ryan's part just so he can just push the button and do it. Well, before we get to – we got a ton of Twitter questions. Before we get to that, I want to remind people, if you donate a dollar to the podcast – Donate and become, a dollar. For the podcast, where you can become a patron and you can rant like Allie did and Andrew did and we're going to have a couple – we're going to have a couple – we're going to have a couple new people donated. They're going to be in the lottery. We're going to have a rant again next week. So you can donate a dollar. All you do is donate a dollar a month and you can come on the show and you can rant and you can get therapy for the horrible saints – football so donate a dollar be a patron and, donate you, a dollar. and you can you get therapy I, i'm gonna turn it into jerry seinfeld all right andrew first question from superfan alley if rob ryan's d gets dump trucked by his former team's backup quarterback sunday will he say fuck this i quit and give sean payton the finger <laughs> <laughs> no i don't think he's quitting but uh i think from here on out Rob Ryan is dead man walking. I mean, I really yeah. think I really think all it will take at this point. Now, I don't think he's getting fired if the Saints lose a game necessarily, um, but if there's a performance where you know the offense plays again like it did in this game and it, you know it's near perfect, you know, and God forbid even puts up like 31 points and the defense gives up 42, and, you know, they, they give up uh, two scoring drives late in the game when the offense had a chance to win it or something, um, then then I could see him getting fired. So I, I really think at this point all it would maybe take is one god-awful game, uh, and Sean Payton would pull the plug, right. uh, potentially. Here's the here's a question um, from Dylan. Uh why y'all been cutting down on the cursing? It's the best part. Well, we tried to cut down on the cursing because we wanted to get the not be in the uh, parental advisory part of iTunes. But we don't get enough reviews from you people to help us on iTunes so we can be – we want to be in the top five. We, we got to number six. You need to go in there and review it, review us in iTunes so we can be in the fucking top five and, <laughs> and rule the internet. I just cursed for you. Do a review for us. I haven't um, cut back on the cursing. I don't even think um, about it. Andrew, should Jarris Bird be the Saints' defensive MVP? Jarris? I don't know who that is. Ja- should should Jarris Bird be the Saints' MVP because he hadn't made hadn't made any mistakes yet? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I can name a lot of players that don't have his huge contract that aren't making plays for the Saints too. So I, I would I would prefer them. I think when you pay a guy that much money, he's got to produce for you and. I mean, the thing that really kills me about Bird is think about all that money and how many role players they got. I mean, they they could have picked up four guys with small contracts. Yeah, they could have picked up would, like Porkchop Womack from Denver. Yeah, they could have yeah, kept I mean, Tyrone Walker, and they're not great, but they'd be better than what they have on the defensive yes, line. Yes, yes, exactly. Wait, Porkchop Womack Pork, is that really? That's a, that's a guy. He plays for Denver, I believe. He's like a big, fat, sturdy kind of Norman Handish kind of defensive. Player. This <laughs> well, is a, with with a name like Porkchop, I kind of <laughs> assume that. Dave, this is from Lewis too. Likelihood that Breeze, quote unquote, injury is just Verizon paying money to get McCown in the game. <laughs> uh, that would be 
I, that would ruin all of football, I think, if that was the case. Uh, no, I don't think that's happening. And, and, and as far look, look, speaking of McCowan, I'd say right now he's he's my MVP of the season so far. <laughs> Andrew, this is a question from me, but it's semi-serious. How many more good games does McCown have to have to get a ridiculous free agent contract from the Washington Redskins to be their quarterback next year? I don't think he's going to have a ridiculous contract yet, but um, I think he, he's already gotten himself a race. Based Dude, on Josh McCown alone. played good for half a year for the Bears, and he got freaking $8 million from Tampa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I think if, if he... Well, I don't know that he Breeze is going to be out that long, but I would say if he has you know five more games like he did, and that that's basically what his brother did. I mean, he he went on a stretch of about six or seven games uh, where he played like Luke did in that one game, and so I think if he does that, you know, obviously then you're looking at a two-year, eight million dollar deal or more, uh, or sorry, two years, fifteen million or something like that. But I think he he's certainly gotten a raise. I mean, he's proven now. I mean, the, the tapes out there that he started a game on the road and performed really well. So. I did not. I didn't think. I didn't even did, him doing this well. I, I it don't didn't think, even enter my mind. The Saints mind. aren't going to be able to. I mean, I, I'm going to say right now, the Saints can't afford him next year oh based God. on how he played in this game, unless Breeze is. Yeah, going. no. That, that's totally true. okay. First of all, Matt Flynn was able to turn one game into a huge he contract. He was. Yeah. Um. But. Uh, no, I, I think, honestly, the best thing for McCown right now is for Breeze to immediately come back. And then that way McCown leaves on a high note, like a stanza. He's done. <laughs> he had, he had, in that way, he can say, look, they only gave me one game, and look what I do with my one game. Let's, let's talk money. Yeah. In the, yeah. Un, in the unlikely. And if, and if nothing else, he'll get a backup deal like Chase Daniel. No. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And Chase Daniel got that on, based on right nothing. Now. Chase Daniel got that based on nothing. Yeah. Um. In the unlikely event Bird starts, Andrew, will he get booed when announced? That's from Jonathan Brown. I think so. Oh God, that's so. that's that would be disastrous. Uh, you're gonna, I don't know. A, a guy's going to come onto the field to play his first game for a team, and then you're going to boo him. How that? How, how is that going to make him feel? You, I think you it'll be one of those like that? mixed things. You know, I hey. think it'll be one of those like some people will cheer because it's like, oh my God, he's finally playing. He's real. But I think some people will boo. I like the I Jer- we have we have a lot of bird themed questions. This is from Mike Jones, Dave. Would you rather fight? Would you rather fight ten bird sized Jarius's or one <laughs> Jarius sized bird? That might be my favorite question <laughs> ever on the podcast. Um, uh, I would definitely rather fight ten bird sized Jarius's because I feel like can they fly? <laughs> I don't know. Are they, like, have... are they like just little humans that just like run around me? Like uh, Gulliver's Travels? And do, can you have a weapon? I don't know. I mean like because if but you have – I would, I, I, would I would take the smaller – you know, the smallest things. That way I can maybe like just step well, on them or kick them. Then again, them it doesn't it, – Andrew, I don't because think it matters. One, I don't think it one, matters because they're all going to be injured. Bird is, they're all going to be hurt, so what does it matter? Look, I, I know that literacy in, in Louisiana and education is, is not solid. It isn't. Uh, but can can we mandate as fans that we start getting this right? It's Jairus Bird. Jairus. Jairus. <laughs> and, I, I mean, I, I'm picking on you, Ralph, but I, I just – every fan he calls get, him Jairus. Everyone he says Jairus. I'm he, on this call Jarius. on ESPN Radio every Tuesday, and they call him Jairus. It's like, well, if I mean, he would play, maybe he would get his, everyone. If you're he, he doesn't right get, now, it's Jarius. Say it with me. 
Jairus. Jairus? Well, Jairus doesn't get to have his name pronounced correctly all the time until he makes the interception. It's like that with <laughs> it's like that with McCown. We said he was going to be Billy Joe McCown until he played well. So now he gets to be Luke McCown because he played well. But if he stinks again against Dallas, he becomes Billy Joe McCown again. You, you know what? I, I stand corrected. I got nothing. I mean, <laughs> you know, that, it's totally fair for you to say that he needs to have one pick before we start saying it right. Yeah. I, I have no comeback for that. Dave, Dave, every, is... every every week I get these emails from the NFL, and, and for every game they always have little notes about players and and milestones and that kind of stuff. And every week for when for the Saints game, one of the last ones is always mentioning how Jarris Bird has like the most interceptions of any safety in the NFL since like 2000 and. 12 or something like that, or 2013, and it's like, that's amazing, because he hasn't even played he all played, season. He, he only played half of last season, and he still is like the leading interception leader. But uh, he played a safeties. quarter of last season. He'll play for the Saints yeah, on no Sunday pick. and drop five interceptions. So it's like, it's like, it's like every week I read these notes, and I'm reminded, like, damn, he used to be really good, and now he doesn't even play. Is he ever going to get a pick for the Saints? I don't Saints? know. I feel like first. we'll get into the game. I feel like this Dallas game is going to get weird. So this is from Chris. He says, who beyond Rob Ryan is going to face the music for this inexcusable fucking catastrophe of a season? Um, yeah. Andrew, hopefully, I Tim, would, hopefully Tim Lolito. I would this say the week. Offense, offensive line coach, maybe. If he said, hey, we're going to be okay at guard, we can go with what we got. Yeah, what about this running backs coach from Arkansas that was supposed to help our running game? Hmm. Greg um, McMahon. I mean, I've wanted him fired for years. Well, he, I mean, he, if he ain't getting, if he didn't get fired before, Murphy, if he runs back another kick, he'll get a five-year extension. Uh, this is from Michael, oh, Dave. Are we not going to mention Vit, who's pretty much got a mafia no-show job? I mean, we know he's not getting fired. He's the he's the he's the consigliere. He's not getting fired. Yeah, he knows where like, the he knows where the like bodies no are, Dave. Job. He knows where the bodies are. I know. He, uh, he just he just goes to work and sits in an office and eats uh, candy all day. I, don't I think I think Rick Venturi gave his pictures of of Benson to naked to one, line, one linebacker coach to another. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Michael asked Dave, "How close are we to the pregame Houdat chant turning into a symphony of pregame booze?" Uh, oh man, that would be something, huh? If a player went out there at, at the thirty-yard line and dropped their hand, and instead of doing the, the Houdat chant, everybody just booed. Mm. Uh, I don't think that's happening. I, I'm all about tradition, but don't you guys feel like it's a little ridiculous that the chant says? Basically says who's going to beat us when everyone's winless. doing it. When, and we're winless and we haven't won a game. We're going on about a year without winning a home game. Like if you take it literally, who would like, say they're going to beat them Saints? Well, pretty much the that's entire what Drew fucking McGarry league. Said. That's what Drew McGarry said in his why – the, well, why the Saints suck. He's like the who that chant is the worst chant ever. Who's going to beat you every – we that. Um, yeah. We that. Everybody that. Mike Jones asked <laughs> Andrew, which will be higher – Julio Jones TDs in two games versus the Saints or the number of Saints wins this year? Oh, my God. Julio Jones is carrying my fantasy team to a title. I had started him, and I started that Atlanta running back. I don't even know his name. He had 40 points. I couldn't yeah, put well, the stink on Atlanta. I put the Ralph Championship perfume on him. Well, Jeremy Hill is fucking is, me in the ass in fantasy this year. I just traded for him. We need, we need to redirect. No wonder. We need to we need to reassign our goals obviously at 0 and 3 and for me 
it's all about beating Atlanta now. I mean, forget the season. It's, it's, it's in the tubes. We're, 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 it's, it's not going to turn out well, obviously. Uh, 6-10 and 10 was my prediction at the beginning of the year. They'll be lucky to have that. I mean, at this point, for them to go, what? And I'm six going 6-6? Six and, six? Jeez, no. No. Six and no. seven the rest no. of the way, I'd be thrilled. No, they're not. They're not. Um, but uh, so for me, beating Atlanta is, is the goal. I, I don't care. If they go 2-14 and 14 and they sweep the Falcons – at this point, I'll view it as a success. That would make me happy. Uh, Dylan asks, Ralph, if the Saints beat Dallas Sunday, would you be willing to take a shot of crown for every point we win by? Yeah, why not? I mean, what's the what's the, what's the odds the Saints win by more than seven? And my liver's tough. I can I can I could do at least twelve shots of crown before I pass out. Why not? Why not, Dylan? Sure. If they start uh, winning, you need to stop drinking. Oh my god, Andrew, the drinking's all I have for this. No, but season. I'm I'm saying if they start winning this game, you may need to stop drinking in the middle of the game so that you can build oh, up enough sobriety <laughs> to do all these shots. Do a vine of me just if the Saints win like forty to ten. I mean, probably... they're playing at home and Brandon Whedon is the opposing yeah, quarterback. We'll get to they that. We'll might get, win this game. We'll, we'll get to that. Will asks, I'm a Tennessee. Titan, I'm a Tennessee Volunteer fan and a Saints fan. What did I do to deserve this? Will, I don't know, dude. Tennessee, your coach, he makes Les Miles look like a clock savant. <laughs> and that is just, I mean, I don't even know. I just, I'm sorry. I mean, that ended that Florida game. If that had happened to the Saints, my, 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 my column for WWL just would have been a gif of me jumping off a building. It's it's kind of surprising how much Tennessee has struggled to get a decent hire at coach. Yeah, ten, well, quick 15 seconds on college football. The problem for Tennessee is they were an elite program under Fulmer, but they don't have a recruiting base because Tennessee doesn't really have any players. Yeah. So they have to recruit from other states, and when they – they're one of those teams where they make a bad hire. It can set them back like 15 years where like LSU and Alabama and Florida, they can make a crap hire, but if they just hire the right guy, the next guy, it's fine and they're fixed in five years. You know, they can be fixed in two years, not Tennessee. Um, let's see. Uh, I have a feeling Colston retires before the season is over, Dave. No. What, what's my percentage being correct? Three. No way. Uh, Andrew, when... He, he could get injured, but there's no way he would do that to his team. When, yeah. when and how will the run blocking not give me the runs? <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, they have to face some tough runs. You know, I mean, I will say Tampa, I mean, Levante David and Gerald McCoy, I mean, you know, they're not a great team, but if there's one thing about... Tampa that they do okay I would say it's you know they can play the run I mean obviously Arizona and, and Carolina are very tough defenses um, so I mean I, I think it could be as early as this week honestly uh, I think they, they've they faced some tough defenses to start the year but I think it'll get a little better uh, once they play weaker weaker fronts final question this is from Brian host of the Saints Nation podcast if Sean Payton trades for RG, RG3 you will um, I would consider going on strike, and I, with the Saints, I w- I almost considered it if they wouldn't have fired Ditka, I would have gone on strike, and maybe not 
bought tickets, not go to games, not watch as much. Like I would seriously consider. So the po- if RG three is traded for the podcast is dead. I would no. I need I need the outlet. I mean, it, would we change the name to the Sad Hour podcast? We would. Like what would if they, they trade for RG three? What would you do, Andrew? Man. I think I would just make every social media profile picture of myself just be like an occult symbol. <laughs> I mean, you I would just become like I would be like I was with the Astros from like 09 to 13 where they're on and you kind of watch them but you just don't care. That you have no emotional attachment. But thanks for the questions. We had a ton of them. All right. Game this week. The Saints, unbelievably, are a six-point favorite. I, I don't know. Get the hell out of here. It's yeah. free money. Bet against the Saints again. Um, Do it. I, I don't even understand. that. That That's like – I don't know what – that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, Man, Vegas must know something. Well, Dave, you you can start us off. It's down to four. It started up at six and oh. a half yesterday. It's down to four. But Dave, give wow. me your prediction on the game. Um, man, what the hell? I'm gonna be optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and only because uh, only because only because Brandon Whedon's playing in the game. I mean, if, if Romo was healthy, um, and if they were playing like they were in week one and week two, like we saw. Um, I would say the Saints have no chance in hell, but <laughs> <laughs> but considering Whedon is their quarterback, you know, I, I feel like we might have lucked out a little bit here. And they don't have Dez. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, that they was. They don't have Greg Hardy. They're missing too. a defensive tackle. Yeah, I mean, what I, what I think you're going to see is I think you'll see a lot of um, um, what's his face, their their tight end, the Cowboys' tight end. Wait, he's um, got like two yeah, sprained knees and two sprained ankles. He's like that's all right though. He's he's just that sounds reliable. like plenty enough to put up 150 yards on the safety. Yeah, defense. yeah, yeah. Yeah, go ahead and doubt him, Ralph. Go ahead and doubt <laughs> him. Uh, no, cause you got a backup quarterback in there, and he's just, he's going to throw the ball to um, you know the guy, the receiver that he trusts most. And Witten's been around a long time, and he knows that offense, and and he's very reliable. So I think you'll see Witten. Uh, be a big part of uh, what the Cowboys do, but yeah, I, I think the Saints maybe get a win just because it's, it's just about time. And, and I, I think I'm, I'm, I guess I'm just being hopeful that. All know, right, like, who's, who's like, the MVP of the game then? If the Saints going to win, give me a score. Uh, <laughs> I'll I'll say uh, 27-21 Saints. Um. So they cover. They yeah. Co- yeah. They win and cover. And uh, I'll say the player of the game is it's got to be it'll be it'll be Brandon Cooks. Andrew. Guys, it's gonna be pain. It's oh, sure. It's gonna be pain. I tried to be optimistic. Whedon is gonna be down twenty four twenty one with fifty six <laughs> seconds left and no timeouts. And drive the Saints. And not only is he going to drive down and get him in field goal range, but with seven seconds left, he'll spike the ball, and then he'll hit Witten in the end zone for a win. 
And 28-24, the, the uh, Cowboys walk out at the buzzer. Dave is wrong because he's delusional. Andrew, you're wrong because you, you, you have the right idea with pain. But you people forget, Dallas has the best offensive line in football. They go six deep on the line. They, Lyle Collins is starting a guard for them now. They are going to road grate the Saints for 250 yards on the ground. Whedon, he's not even going to factor in because he's only going to throw it 20 times. Dallas, 35-10. to 10. This hmm. is going to be awful in every possible way imaginable. The dome is going to be fumigated and empty by the middle of the third quarter. You know? I'm just I'm just gonna be optimistic. I'm gonna like Andrew was saying before, he was saying, you know, the Saints have to put all these different pieces of the puzzle together at the same time. They just have to be mediocre in all these things and I'm just, I'm gonna be optimistic and say that this is the this is the This is the, the week, week that this is this the is week the week the planet's alive. No, no. You know what this is, Dave? This is the week where the real Luke McCown shows the hell up. And it goes well. Do we think McCown is going to play, or do we think Breeze is coming back? I I think McCown's going to. I think McCown. I think they'll go McCown one more week. I think they'll go McCown. We're getting we're getting a lot of positivity coming from the Drew Breeze camp. We are. So uh, I'm going to. Went to Dr. James Andrews today. Everything got some positive news from Birmingham. I think Peyton is in less of a rush to play Breeze based on how McCown played in Carolina. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. So. So uh, battle of the backups. So it's uh it's zero and four I think and um, yeah I'm, I'm going I'm to saying zero and four I'm going and I'm going to this monstrosity so I wish they they were better uh, but they're not if the Saints win you remember who said they were gonna win I remember it and I got a drink I if th- wait am I supposed to give you a goat of the game or a player of the game you can give a goat of the game oh Brandon Browner for sure the de- <laughs> the defensive line for the Saints that's just gonna get shoved ten yards back at a time you could just all of them. So are you going with John Jenkins as the goat? That's you could pick him, Hicks, Barnes, whoever you want. <laughs> um, Remember when the Saints would never lose on prime time? So, so for Dave, for Andrew, go to Saints Nation, go to Canal Street Chronicles. Dave is killing it. He's blowing up. In Rappaport is retweeting his salary cap information. He's uh, retweeting it too. Yes, Kevin is. Kevin is uh, not here because he's at wrestling practice. You can find Kevin on... Uh, Kevin doesn't care about our podcast anymore. Oh, he doesn't. Anymore. Okay, Tinder, Madison. Kevin, we could have made him a star. We're not as cool as his wrestling. He's not. Thing. He's probably out sleeping with some middle-aged broad in St. Louis. We all know that's what he's doing. So, for Dave, for Kevin, who's MIA, for Andrew, I'm Ralph. Uh, until next week, the bar is closed. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring... 
The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. 